The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the standards for valuing your content marketing efforts. Joining us is Chris Vitti, who is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Notch, which is an independent standard for content marketing ROI. Notch helps CMOs and their teams measure the impact and outcome of their content via real-time actionable intelligence across all of their content investments. And today, Chris is going to talk us through how to use data to create purposeful content. Okay, here's my conversation with Senior Vice President of Marketing at Notch, Chris Vitti. Chris, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here. Very excited to have you on the show and very excited to talk about this topic. The timing for your PR team to reach out is perfect. I am just going through our content planning for 2020, and we're trying to be a little bit more scientific about what content we produce and how we evaluate the value of our content Seems like it's stuff that's right in your wheelhouse. Let's go from the beginning. Uh, first off, tell me a little bit about you, your background, and tell me a little bit about Notch. Sure. I started my career, I would say, officially at Gartner. I was at Gartner for eight years, and a lot of my focus at Gartner was around content, the management of content, the publishing of content, and the consumption of that content. So several different roles at Gartner, managing everything from Gartner.com to the Gartner intranet, all of the research that the Gartner analysts wrote and edited and published. So I've been really living and breathing content for a very long time. After Gartner, I made the big switch to B2B SaaS and moved on to a startup at that time called Alfresco Software. Alfresco is enterprise content management software and specifically open source. I spent about six years at Alfresco, really trying to help big brands and enterprises manage their content across the company. And then I made a switch to a fintech provider called Intralinks. Intralinks provides virtual data rooms for buyers and sellers during the merger and acquisition process and during due diligence. After that, moved on to a MarTech company called Synthesio. Synthesio is a social intelligence platform really to help brands understand all of the conversations that are being discussed online and how they can take those discussions and those insights and use them to power their business. And most recently, I moved to my current company, Notch. Like you said, Notch is a content intelligence platform. 
we really help brands create better content for their consumers. That's really the simple way of saying it. And we have really three areas that we focus on. That is planning, measurement, and optimization of content. So you've had a, a rich career working as a marketer, not only understanding content, but also in-house producing content. Talk to me a little bit about the planning side. Obviously, it's a business that Notch is invested in or a product that Notch is invested in. How do you think about the right way for brands to figure out what content they should be producing using data? The biggest thing that I've observed in my career is that every company, every brand knows that content is important and that they need to be producing it and producing lots of it and, and great quality. The challenge that I see pretty much across the board is that those brands just jump right into it without putting much thought into the strategy. So they sit down and they say, we know we have to produce a certain amount of content. Let's get on a schedule where we produce content every day of the week or every business day. And let's make sure we adhere to that schedule. But I think the thing that's really lacking is what happens before that. And that is deciding where the demand is for that content. And that's something that I harp on quite a bit. And I'm sure some people are tired of hearing me say that. But I think it's important because if you're just creating content to create content, it's probably not serving a great purpose for you. And it's probably not achieving those goals that you're focused on, whether it's driving more traffic to your website or driving more in sales. If you're not putting thought into that content upfront and using some of the data at your fingertips to decide on that content strategy, it really does go to waste. And it's a lot of effort put into an investment that really does not have much return. I had this conversation yesterday with an apparel brand who asked me, well, what's the marketing strategy that we should implement if we are right now just basically hooked on paid advertising? We want to build our brand and... The answer was, I think that you should invest in a content strategy, but understand that your first piece of content is not going to be valuable. You need consistency. You need to have a position. You need to have something that you're going to dedicate resources into, just like you would in paid advertising, but it's going to build in value over time. And after six months, you should be seeing a meaningful return on your overall investment. Is there a way that you can use data to shorten that time span to create content that's going to be valuable from day one? I would say partially is my answer. It's interesting that you said six months. I think that definitely can be shortened and probably cut in half. There is still a certain amount of time from when great content is published until it really cascades and makes its way across the internet. So back to the data piece, it's really about looking at the demand. And I know, Ben, that you've spent a ton of time thinking about online marketing, a lot of time at eBay specifically. And I encourage both my team and other marketers to take the time to look at the data up front and understand where the demand is coming from. And a lot of times that ends up being keyword research and analysis inside of Google Keyword Planner to really understand where's the volume of terms that people are searching on. So where is that digital demand? And then how do you align that digital demand with the goals and objectives of the business or your business or the brand? So that's really one of the places that I suggest starting every time is looking at that digital demands in Keyword Planner and making sure that the strategy has demand behind it. So all of the things that you think you want to be writing about, are those really topics that people care about and are craving content for? So that's really where I tend to start first. It's not the only place I go, but it's one of the places that I tend to start. I think that's an important point is that 
when you're thinking about creating a content asset, you need to do your homework first, right? You need to figure out where there is demand. Here's the problem that I'm running into. Like I am doing my keyword planning for 2020. And we're looking at terms like how do we rank number one for MarTech, right? We've just relaunched the MarTech podcast website. We're trying to focus a little bit more on driving organic content. And there just isn't a ton of demand for MarTech content. Then when I look at the broader term of marketing, all of the demand is for terms like what is marketing? Very broad, very elementary term. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. How do you think about finding enough demand when there isn't a specific high-level keyword that addresses what you're trying to focus on and there's a million tail keywords? If there are a million tail keywords, very likely there is going to be some type of primary keyword that you can latch onto. So for example, content marketing in our world is a very large one, right? And that's not the only thing that we do. We are part of the content marketing universe. But within content marketing, we really focus on planning and measurement and optimization. There are plenty of other areas of content marketing that go along with it. So for us, and I think for other brands, maybe it's not the exact head match that you're looking for within those longer tail keywords, but there might be one or probably is one that's somewhat related to it that you can latch onto and build your content strategy around it. So your suggestion is, first off, if you're doing the free stuff, use Google Keyword Planner. There are other SEO tools. I'm an advocate for search metrics. They're a sponsor of the show, and I work on their other podcasts to do my keyword research. You're understanding the amount of demand. I'm imagining that there's also a component of competition that comes into play here. What's some of the other signals that you look at outside of just are people searching for this term? So going back to your point about, well, what if you really cannot figure out what those keywords are that you want to latch onto and build your strategy around? Oftentimes, I'll encourage my team, or I'll sometimes just get in there and do it myself, to go into a tool like SEMrush or Moz 
and look at competitors' websites and try to understand what keywords they are ranking for that you may not be thinking about currently. And oftentimes that leads to a whole slew of additional keywords that may not have been part of your universe before, but now can be part of your strategy going forward and can be topics that you write on. So not only is that good during the upfront process of researching for new keywords, but it's also very important as you decide on those keywords and start writing content around those keywords to be able to measure yourself up against your competitors side by side. So usually, again, in a tool like SEMrush, we have our brand and then our four biggest competitors right next to us so we can see how they're performing for that keyword, if they're going up in the rankings or if they're going down in the rankings. So those are always signals that we're looking at from a competitive perspective. So you're looking at overall demand. You're looking at the competition. When you're going through the content creation process, when you're actually writing, are you using any data there? Or is it just, hey, this is the keywords that we want to write. Let's figure out what our headline's going to be and just let the writers be creative and figure it out. I think that's one of the toughest parts is finding that right balance. And I think sometimes you can have a strategy where you say you have 500 different keywords that you want to write on and you know you need to create content for. And then that writing team, like you said, goes off and writes it. That does not always turn out to be successful because the team that's defining those keywords tends to be a bit different and think differently from the people actually writing the content. I think that marriage between those two teams is very, very important. So the importance of the writer or the writers understanding why it's important for them to follow this content strategy or the keyword strategy, I think is something that's worth training for and investing in internally, because that team, those writers really need to be invested in the success of the content that they're writing on. And of course, they want to be their writers and they want as many people as possible to see their content. And I think if the SEO team, for example, positions it in a way that if you are aware of these things and do these certain tactics from a technical or from an SEO perspective, you are going to get much more visibility for the great content that you're writing. So I think there's a certain partnership between those two teams that needs to be nurtured to some extent. And a lot of education needs to be done so those writers understand why they need to do some of the things that the SEO team is suggesting. One of the things that I've done, and again, I don't mean to turn this into a puff piece for search metrics. I'm a big advocate for the company. There are tools that are out there while you're going through the content creation process that in real time will tell you how your content is likely to rank and what keywords you should be using. I'm a fan of the search metrics content experience, which we use to modify some of our content once it's been written to make sure it's going to rank. That said, Chris, it's not just about producing content that is going to live on your domain. You know, when we think of content, often it's hey, I want to create a blog post, I'm going to publish it on my domain, and boy, I hope Google ranks it. And then there's the flip side of creating content that you're using in partnerships, that you're putting on other publishers' websites. Talk to me about how you think about identifying and finding the right publishers, or how do you think about syndicating your content? Where do the partnerships come in? I would say a few different ways. One is certainly looking at demographics. So inside our platform, our customers can look for publishers based on where their audience is, right? So if they've taken the time to create persona profiles for their audience, they can go into the platform and they can search for publishers by gender, by age, by household income, by the reach of those publishers. 
So there are a couple of different ways to slice and dice those results. But the goal really for us and for our customers, of course, is to help them identify the right publishers to work with so that their budget can be used in the most effective way. So if they are going to be investing in paid, how can we help them find the right publishers to work with so that their budget doesn't get spread across a bunch of publishers that are not relevant to their business or relevant to their audience? I think the key point here is that you're looking for a demographic match, right? You're not necessarily looking at a specific subject match. It's not, I'm a technical writer, so I need to find other technical blogs. It's you're looking for where the people who are interested in technology hang out. So that allows you to have a much broader list of publishers who you can contact for content syndication and paid marketing. Yep. That's a good way of saying it. Okay. I think that's an important point. And as we talk about your content planning, you know, my three big takeaways are understand how much demand there is for the type of content that you're looking for, understand what your competition is, and then understand who are some of the other publishers that are a demographic match for the audience you're trying to reach. And that'll allow you to create relevant content on your domain and potentially syndicate it to other domains. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Chris Vitti, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Notch, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Chris is going to discuss Notch's standards for evaluating content. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Chris Vitti, C-H-R-I-S-V-I-T-T-I, or you can visit his company's website, which is notch.com, K-N-O-T-C-H.com. Just one link I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once a week newsletter, or you can send us your topic suggestions or marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, or my personal handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Chris Vitti, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Notch, we're going to publish an episode every day during the week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.